It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. It's Friday, May 24th. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. Welcome to Egg Live. And we have an amazing author uh, today. She's both uh, author and uh, senior partner in a consultancy called Alchemy, the Art of Transforming Business. And her name is Christine Chopiak. And the book is Picture Your Business Strategy. And for those of you who know me well, you will know that Christine and I must have been separated at birth because in all of my strategic consulting, I have been a drawer of pictures. Christine, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Chris, why don't you, uh, before we jump in and start talking about the book and this methodology, I, w- I want to hear a little bit about you personally. And and uh, were you the one who always sat in kindergarten, you know, drawing and doodling? And, and uh, is, is that what what brought you to where you are today? Yeah, you know, I think that um, art and drawing honestly have been kind of secondary in my um in my growing up and also in my professional life. I didn't really stumble upon art until I had entered an MBA program ironically. <laughs> so, wow. I'm a creative person, so I grew up playing the flute and I did drama and theater, um but I you know so the artist in me uh didn't really reveal herself until um, much later in life, and like I said, in my MBA program. Right. So how long have you had your consulting firm? Um, the consulting company was founded in 2000, um, so uh, 13 years. And what did you do before that? You know, I am kind of a jack-of-all-trades. I um, I've ran uh, I ran a science center in the beautiful Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I've been mm. a professional baker. Um, so I have a, a bunch of cooking um, experience, and then I went into consultancy. So I've had, I have a very uh, diverse uh, background where I've been able to express myself creatively, but in, in various industries. Very, very interesting. So you know, again, your your book is called Picture Your Business Strategy, and you guys have to get this book. Those of you who are listening, just because it is so cool. Uh, she has taken this whole notion of transforming decisions with the power of visuals. And right down to the table of contents, everything is an image and, and a, a flow chart. And it is just one of the uh, most spectacularly laid out books I have. And I, as you all know, I do a lot of interviews. And I just fell in love with this book the minute I opened it. So... Christine, tell us what it was that that um, and, and did you found uh, Alchemy, or did you come in after it was already established? I, I came in after it was established, but that's actually a really good question. Um, when I was in my MBA, we had a choice of doing a thesis or um, creating a business plan, and the two people that have founded Alchemy, Janine Underhill and Patty Dobrovolsky, 
um, were good friends of mine, and I uh, created their business plan in exchange for learning how to do this kind of work. So Mm. they were my uh, visual faculty during uh, the time that I was going through my MBA, and I really owe a debt of gratitude for their coaching and mentoring and and guidance in terms of how to use pictures in a strategic context within business. Mm. Well, it is so, so powerful. And, And really, it's powerful in its simplicity. Exactly. That, that's exactly it, is that you don't have to be an artist in order to apply both the methodology, methodologies and the strategies that are outlined in the book. And that's right. what's so brilliant about it. And when I, you know, people say, oh, of course you've had art training and you've had art background. I'm the perfect example of someone, yes, you have to practice, but once you draw on that visual language that's uh, deep within our, our psyche, it's how we learn right. as humans, once you draw on that, uh, no pun intended, then you're able to explore all kinds of meaning in almost any kind of context using pictures, a metaphor, and imagery. Right, and I, I love the, the sequence that's on the back cover of the book, which is picture the outcome, and you've got you know a little kind of faceless man or woman. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a sexless, <laughs> sexless person <laughs> without a face, let's just put it that way. And you've got the little thought bubble, of of a mountain with a a flag on it, and it says right. picture the outcome. And then the next uh, one is uh, again something that could easily be a two year old's scribbles. And and uh, I pardon uh, pardon you if you were oh, the one I, who actually did that, Christine. But but it's like when you take three colored crayons in in your fist and you draw it all around in in just like a, a cloud. And that one is capture the complexity. And then the last one is just a very simple, kind of looks like a cross between a light bulb and a balloon. Uh-huh. And and it's yellow, which is bright and sunny, and it, it actually has some rays coming out of it as if it is a sun or a light bulb. And it says create the possibilities. And so with those three simple drawings, you know, you really have captured the whole issue of picturing, planning, and producing your next winning strategy. Yeah, that's it, that's exactly it. I mean, one of the uh, one of the pieces of thinking behind this book is that if you apply these three very simple strategic principles, so picture the outcome, capture complexity, and create possibilities, and use them in any kind of uh, business planning context, you will um, end up with a wonderful product because it's simple. You can remember it, and you can really create your own process around those three principles. The argument that I make in the book is that if you combine the uh, imagery and pictures and incorporate these three principles, that actually you start creating creating the context for a real acceleration of that business idea. Right. Now, you know, Chris, you you talk in the introduction and and you you talk about remember when you used to draw. So this takes mm-hmm. us back to childhood and it takes us back to the box of crayons and uh it's funny cuz my kids talk about what sets people apart is like having money and being rich. And when I was little, being rich was you had a uh, one of the 64 Crayola boxes <laughs> that had the the sharpener in it. And we weren't one of the ones who had those. Like, I would go over to my friend's house, and they had 64. So we had probably the box of 12, or maybe 24 in a really good year. Right. (laughs) But but the funniest thing to me is, and, you know, I'm in my mid-50s, 
And for me, uh, Chapter 1, which talks about the power of visuals, I actually need visuals at, at my age, which is one of the things that probably is the most appealing about your book, is that the first time through your book, and, and please don't let your feelings get hurt. I didn't read any of the words. I just uh-huh. I read the pictures all the way from front to back of your book. And that's the best way to communicate and penetrate my my brain is yeah. through visuals. And I realize that. And I may have been that way all along, but I think my brain is just so full of stuff that that pictures are the best way to penetrate it right now. Right. You know, you have just described the essence of what's behind capture complexity. So the thing that's just absolutely beautiful about what you just said is that you focused on the pictures and the imagery and the emotion and the thinking and the it sparked things in your imagination as you were kind of walking yourself through the book. What happens in my um, own experience in running a business and now working with Fortune 500 companies is that all those words that you ignored the first time through the book are actually those daily distractions that keep us from actually achieving what's possible. And so Mm. one of the things that I've learned through applying visual strategy in a business context is that the visuals create enough meaning and in the right context for people to understand what you're talking about but less detail so we don't get hung up on arguing about what we mean. And so that, yes. that was just a beautiful introduction to capture complexity because the visuals do exactly what you just evoked. They give you a connection. They um, allow for you to make an individual response and then see it in a larger context. Oh, okay, I'm going to go back and read that because this is in a business context or this is right. a story context. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I I find I'm I'm a I'm a heavy sticky note uh, user. In uh-huh. fact, I should have invested in 3M a long, long time ago. Uh, but one of the reasons I do that is because in my consulting, I've always used the you know sticky note diagramming, um, you know, to create that visual. I haven't necessarily applied the the pictures so much right. as as using colors and, and shapes and, and different sizes of sticky notes. And now they have, like, this amazing plethora of, of sticky notes. I'm just in, in sticky note heaven. Yep. Um, but I realize that, that I, I even when I use just words, I still draw them in boxes and triangles. And, and again, it's very much to hit that piece of the brain that can't just look at words. Yeah, exactly. I mean, by using boxes and triangles um, around words, number one, you're creating um, containers for them. So um, if I'm trying to organize a bunch of information and and boxes help separate out different groupings of words, it's so much easier for my brain to absorb that. And the other thing is that you're giving those words a visual anchor that's highly memorable in terms of how we process information in our brain. And so this right. is the thing that's so curious to me is that we use a lot of visual imagery in a business context to push products and concepts and ideas to the consumer. And what I would love to see is more application of this inside business because the same yes. principles apply. 
No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, um, I, I use a, a bridge metaphor when I start a big uh, strategic planning process because I always say, you know, strategies on the left-hand side and executions on the right-hand side, and you really have to get those people who are comfortable on one side of the bridge or the other to meet in the middle. And we talk about the the struts being culture and, and you know, the different tools that are available and the water being the risks. And, yeah. and, and it, it really is a great, great metaphor to use when you're talking about strategy. But in, in your chapter number two, you start talking about the story of risk and you talk about how we think in in this picture-perfect way. And so the discipline of actually articulating risks in, in pictures or otherwise um, almost seems anathema and, and counterintuitive to the the planning process, but it's actually what gives the plan its strength because whoever you're showing it to, whether it be a board or investors or just your own team, um, you know, it really shows a depth of thinking and true credibility to the plan if you have articulated that. So talk to me a little bit about this whole notion of picture-perfect planning and and how you – can use this whole method of drawing to to lay out risks in your business plan. Well, I think that um, the first element of uh, you know picture perfect and using pictures in terms of risks is that um, when we're able to visualize what those risks are, we can include components that maybe um, are have more of an emotional content, like you know losing a big customer is uh, is not just devastating to the bottom line. Right. It, it it really devastates morale. So when you're able to picture that um, on a piece of paper that's separate from a team or an organization or a group, there's two things that happen. Number one, psychologically, we disengage from the emotion and we put our focus on that picture, right? We put it on that page. So by getting some distance emotionally from what, um, what uh, an activity or some kind of risk might be, or say you're rolling out a, a new product and um, – it's going into a highly competitive market space. You understand the niche, but you're trying to get the customers to understand the niche. In that scenario, you might be very attached to the product. In fact, so attached to the product that you can't see where the risks are hidden. By picturing it and putting it up on a wall that's separate from you and using either hand-drawn images, cutouts from magazines, pictures that people have taken on their smartphone, to actually give character and meaning to both the product and the risk, you start seeing multidimensional aspects of both your product, your customer, and the risk, all in the context of the system. Right. And so often when we look at risk in a business content, content um, and context, we um, try and deconstruct things one element at a time, and A, we lose the connection to the system, and B, we get so buried in data that now we're distracted. We can't see the solution for the problem or the problem for the solution. Right. So, you know, I think when we're able to look at risk and we're able to picture it, um, number one, I, I think the other thing that it really does is it allows leaders and people in the organization to have courage because suddenly that risk seems more manageable in a way that you couldn't see it before. Right, right. So Chapter 3 moves on to talk about how, how pictures can actually transform your business. Mm-hmm. And and um, I, I failed to mention that this, this process that you introduced throughout your book is called strategic illustration. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, again, just so very powerful. So, so talk to me a little bit about what you mentioned in this chapter. Yeah, in chapter three, we take a look at uh, the different ways that imagery and pictures can work in a business context, and um, and why they work. I think the one distinguishing attribute of this book over some of the other books in the in the same genre is that many of the of the books by my colleagues have taught people how to draw and what to draw. And this book really says, okay, you know how to draw, you know what to draw, but the biggest uh, challenge for those of us that love this work, whether we're internal or external consultants, is why does it work? And so this chapter really addresses key elements of when you bring together um, imagery and you anchor that imagery in words that have a context of the of the larger system, so whatever system you're working in and the people in the room, and you engage them and um, work with them to unfold some of these complexities that they're experiencing, there's a couple of things that happen. The first one is that um, our left brain, our linear brain, uh, kind of quiets down because in that environment we're making random connections. Our right brain really starts to kick into gear and starts seeing different pieces of the whole in a way that it hadn't illuminated it before. What the neuroscience and cognitive brain research tells us is that um, there's very few elements in human existence that engage both the right and the left brain at the same time. And one of them is art. The other two are mathematics and music. And so it's this dance between uh, linear, organized, rational thinking, which is where we sit most of the time in a business environment, and this chaotic, creative, inspired, um, different, you know, a different dimensional way. And when those two start working together, all of a sudden you start seeing planning coming together in such a different way. And, our, you know, our brains need a few catalysts to help us work in this creative way, and questions can be such a pivotal um, and an important tool to helping our brains start engaged on the right side and the left side. Right, right. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as we move on throughout the way that you have the book laid out, the, the next thing that you talk about uh, is is actually picturing business as a play, if you will, and uh, looking at it as, as actually three acts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got so many great illustrations in, in this. Uh, in, in one section you talk about uh, organizational DNA, and, and you've got a strand of DNA, and you point to the various things that make it up. Um, but but what does it mean to actually think about our business in, in three acts? And, and you know, how do, how do we lay that out? What is Act 1? Yeah, so Act 1 is about picturing the outcome. And the important thing about picturing the outcome is that, um, you know, as humans, if you, uh, if you look at a lot of the um, sociology and um, human psychology work, that humans are really um, hardwired to create. But we need to, know, we need to know what we're creating, not just why, but really can we see it? And so the right. thing that's um, really important about picturing your outcome is um, engaging both your imagination and your intuition, so finding ways to get unstuck in the day-to-day to say what might be possible and using your intuition or that gut response to be able to then ground um, the reality of what might be possible. 
so when we ask different questions and picture the outcome that are very open-ended, very um, divergent questions, like what you know, what are the ideal ideal conditions under which your business idea could thrive? People begin to imagine um, multiple things at the same time. They begin to imagine what their uh, physical environment is, what their customer environment is. And this um, imagination, then grounded in our tuition, what, our intuition, what we know to be true, really provides a tremendous catalyst for being able to see and realize a- any kind of business idea or strategy. So that's that's kind of what's behind, you know, picture the a- outcome, Act One. And so, tell us about Act Two. Yeah. So Act Two is um, capture the complexity. So again, um, it's great to have. Um, a business idea, kind of your head in the clouds, this big dream that you're experiencing. <laughs> in Act 2, we know that there's a lot of things that get in our way of achieving our business results. But because we're so close to our own system and our own condition, um, it's very easy to get stuck in um, identifying all the reasons why your business idea may not work. And that complexity can be very um, can be real and it can be per- be perceived. So one of the key um, takeaways in Act Two is this: um, we have what I call the perception reality gap. So very similar to what you were describing in terms of looking at you know um, the strat- what's your strategy and what's your execution and how do people meet in the middle. This is kind right. of the same way. We have a perception about. Um, about our work environment, about our colleagues, about our systems, about our structures. And then we have the reality. And what capturing complexity does is it helps us bring those two closer together. So the farther apart your perception is from your reality, the harder um, uh, or more difficult it's going to be to realize your um, business idea or your strategy. But by diminishing those things in a complex environment that aren't really relevant, we begin to take away some of the things that we believe prevent us from achieving a business idea, and that's the perception. So by linking perception and reality more closely, we're able to focus on the two or three things that really matter to getting our business idea toward reality and discarding the elements that are uh, either distractions or, ironically, aren't even relevant to our business idea. Right, right. Well, you know, I mean, I look at all the different business plans I've written uh, over the years, and and if I had just known this structure, <laughs> it would have saved me so much time. Um, because it's funny because we actually do it the opposite way. Because Act Three is creates possibilities, and most business planning starts with outlining the possibilities. Right. And I I know from having presented to many many investors is the first thing that they say is, you know, well, what's your core business? What does that look like? You know, which is the picture, the outcome piece, right? right? And then they want to make sure you've thought through not only the risks, but the business complexities and, as you say, the things that get in the way. So um, talk to us about Act 3 of Creating the Possibilities. Yeah, I think that um, Creating the the Possibilities is pretty straightforward. Um, In the, you know, looking at, um, in creating are capturing complexities, we've cleared the table of many of those distracting ideas, and so we have kind of a clean slate. 
that we can look at our business idea or our business strategy in a new way. And it's actually giving ourselves more space and more time to look at those things that really matter when it comes to creating possibilities. The other thing that happens in capture complexities that really influences our ability to realize our, um, our business idea is that we talk a lot about what's holding us back and what we need to let go of in order to go forward. So by the time you get to this um, act, act three in creating possibilities, the team that you're working with or the group you're working with is much clearer about those things that are getting in our way and about right. the things that we collectively need to do together in order to realize the possibilities. I would also say in this chapter we really talk about now that you have a clean slate or you have more space available to think about the um, some other ideas, this is the place where new um, business ideas really come into play. So you may have had an idea about a product or about a service that could only serve one channel. In my experience with uh, my clients, is when they get to the creating the possibilities phase, all of a sudden it's like their right brain and left brain have been dancing enough that they see new channel possibilities. They see new pricing possibilities, and they see new, oh, new product possibilities. But they wouldn't have been able to see those unless we had kind of cleared the deck and created space for them to do so. Exactly. I'm working on a merger between uh, four different companies right now, and we we have been like doing the individual dance of talking to each one of the companies, and we haven't got all gotten all of them together yet. Right. Um, but it's been interesting because I've been working with the core team, you know, who who's uh, pushing this this roll up, and you know, I've been trying to help them understand that while they're very, very creative about what they think the possibilities are, as soon as they bring in these other teams, they're going to be astounded at, at what we can accomplish because they, yeah. they've been living within their own, and I hate the word paradigm, but that's the only thing I can think of right now, uh, within their own picture. Yeah, and um, I mean, just to build on that point, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's so great about using pictures in a strategic context in the way you're talking is that um, especially cultural barriers, and I mean organizational culture, but then also ethnic culture and language barriers, become significantly diminished when you use pictures to help organize content and information, particularly in this Act 3, in the Create the Possibilities phase. Right. Yeah, very, very interesting. Athlete. So I love the picture for the next one, which <laughs> which is... Um, Chapter 7, it doesn't get any better than this. And you've got this guy who, well, again, it could be a girl, but a fairly shapeless girl <laughs> um, who's dancing and and who is, uh, you know, just really, really happy. And, and the actual chapter title is From Alignment to Acceleration. And, right. oh, my gosh, I love this one. Yeah, this um, this chapter says, okay, you know, we've applied these three um, strategy principles and we've done it in a visual context. Now let's talk about what happens when you actually pull them together and you right. use all three, because you can use each, each one of the principles independently. But when we picture an outcome, we capture complexity, and we create possibilities, it unleashes opportunities in a way that's almost magical. And I know that sounds um, you know, very touchy-feely for a business environment, but what we have experienced at Alchemy and other people who do this kind of work, is that um, by 
applying these three principles, you bring together people's thinking, their emotional intelligence, their IQ, their um, creative contribution. So in that creating possibilities, they've been actually able to contribute and contribute value to a business idea. That right. um, it, it creates this thing that I call conditional convergence. So you've created the right conditions for an amazing number of things to converge all on a system. And what, what happens when that happens is acceleration. We right. have agreement, we have alignment, and therefore people are moving in the same direction, both physically, intellectually, and mentally. And they understand what their role is, they understand how they can contribute, and they understand what they're working toward. And so right. this kind of accelerant is really grounded in the visual that you've created. So people right. can, oh, when they lose that. course, they can look back, refer to the visual, and then be re-inspired and also re-engaged, remember where they're going, and be able to deliver on that. Well, and now I have to apologize to you because I realized that my right brain and my left brain were at war on that particular chapter because I'm used to reading table of contents top to bottom. No, and fine. and I did that on this because actually the it doesn't get any better than this and the dancing is actually uh, the last chapter. Uh and and so I I uh read the the right chapter from where my hand is sitting in in chapter five, which the graphic for this one actually is really so so appropriate. It's it's a semi on on, on just a slight down uh, down uh, not an incline. What do you call them when it's descending? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, it's going downhill. There we go, and it's going really really fast, and and I love that. So uh, thank you for bearing with me on my uh, my my right and left brain war. No, that's fine. So, so then chapter six is what do I do now? So, you know, you, and I think that this is where so many companies get stuck. And quite frankly, Chris, this is why I don't consult anymore because mm. I I would watch people get so excited during the planning process, and then they'd go back and they'd get completely stuck in the what do I do now, and nothing would ever happen. And I had one client, in fact, I. I should have stopped consulting then. It was in, in uh, 2003, and I, I will not mention their name. But mm-hmm. I had been working with them for so long that at this last meeting I had with them, the CEO walked in, and he said to me, you must love us. And what he meant was that they kept hiring me, right? And I mm-hmm. said, well, actually, I, your people are lovely to work with, but I just changed the year on the agenda for a meeting that we had a year ago and we are still sitting here talking about it. So no, I don't love you from that perspective <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to help you anymore because you guys can't move forward. Right. And and so this whole issue of moving forward and once you have painted the picture, how do you keep that acceleration going and and do you use this whole mechanism of continuing to draw to measure where you are and, and, you know, are you making progress? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Um, you know, frequently we get um, engaged at Alchemy, we get engaged with clients that say, you know, we really just want your facilitation and good thinking process and business acumen. We don't really need that drawing thing. And um, so, so, yeah, so what you were just talking about, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can Like, love me, love my dog. Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, so here's the sneaky thing that that I do 
when I run into those situations is I say, I know. You know, you and your team are so sophisticated, and I mean this in a genuine way. Really, the paper is just for me. It's to, for me to be able to anchor my thoughts. When I'm thinking specifically about a client where this happened, they were really stuck um, in, a, in a current state where they were losing a lot. Um, it was in, uh, part of the entertainment industry. They were losing a lot of viewers. They were losing a lot of interaction. Um, right. In spite of all of their um, online strategies and marketing strategies, uh, things were going in the wrong direction. And it was really through <clears throat> a simple set of graphics and really robust conversation that we were able to kind of unleash what was holding them back, what was making them stuck, what perceptions they were holding on to about their audience, about their key customers that they needed to let go of. And it was, um, it was a wonderful breakthrough. And, you know, the, the map was not my best work because really at the beginning I had said, it's really more for me, it's not for you, you know, don't worry. And um, about two days later, I got a, a phone call from uh, the executive assistant, and she was whispering. And I was like, you know, can you speak up? And she's like, not, not really, but, you know, the CEO and the COO are in there looking at your map. And, you know, on one level, I was completely mortified because it wasn't my best work from a visual standpoint. It wasn't my best drawing. But right. that map lived on in their organization for three or four years as they harvested every little segment about how to restructure their entire approach with their customer and audience. Mm. And as they did that, they would take a red marker and they would cross off, you know, that deep satisfaction you get oh, when yeah. you uh, have finished a task. So that team would go and cross off that task. And when the whole map was crossed off, they had fulfilled every aspiration that they had articulated there, and they were ready for the next map. So I think oh, I that... Love it. You know, in the best context, um, people get very attached to what they've created. And the beauty of this um, approach is that it is a big mural. You know, it's four foot by eight foot long. It can be longer. Um, these, get di these maps get replicated or digitally scanned by, um, by an external vendor. And then so I can have an eight and a half by 11 or an A4. I can right. have flip chart size. But... Um, it's very easy to be able to connect that map on a continuous basis. And if leadership uses it that way, then people go back to that moment when that image emerged. Right. And for themselves, they, get, they, uh, they remember, oh, that was Chicky that said that. That was, you know, the, I mean, they can tell you verbatim two or three years later how that entire metaphor emerged. And so right. when we think about, you know, what do I do now? You know, part of it is, do I have the courage to be able to use this in my own business? And if I don't, where do I find somebody? Or how do I use this in my right. own business? And so when we look at that intersection between strategy and getting the job done in execution or getting more clarity in our organizational structures and, and getting rid of the clutter, that's what this chapter really focuses on is how do you make meaning and keep the, the map alive and then just very practically what are some templates or examples that I might be able to use after reading this book to try with my own team? Right. And so now we're back to uh, to my favorite chapter. It doesn't get any better than this. And the graphic that's actually on, on the chapter page is uh, the person sitting on the beach in their comfy chair with a, a little drink with an umbrella in it. 
and, uh, you know, just lazing in the sun, which is uh, where I think most of us would love to be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this chapter kind of, it sums it up for me, you know, um, a lot of inspirational speakers will say, you know, just find your passion, find what you're passionate about and, and realize that. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that, but I think that for me the chapter summarizes what happens when that when you do that. And for and for me, you know, it was in 2008 and I was uh, I had just finished a real professional highlight in, for me in my career is working with a bit of uh, about two in it. 200 or 250 French business leaders in Paris, and I was able to understand what they were saying and graphically capture in English, not in French, um, but be able to really add value and contribute to their meeting um, at the same time that our financial industries were falling apart and news was just released about Lehman Brothers. And I think that, you know, the point of this is that you never know until you try you never know if you're going to find your passion until you try something on and say, yeah, this is going to work. And for me, um, each year that goes on, the more clients that I work with and my company works with, we find more and more people coming around to this kind of idea of using visual strategy inside their companies to create create inspiration, to create value within in their employees, and to improve performance. It really right. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris. I am just uh, I I love your approach. I loved the book. Those of you who are listening uh, to this show again, the book is called "Picture Your Business Strategy: Transform Decisions with the Power of Visuals." And the author is Christine Chopiak, and she is a senior partner in Alchemy. And I just noticed that you are located in Denver, and I am so excited about that. Not that I live in Denver. Uh, I actually used to. I I lived in Cherry Creek way before it was fashionable uh, back in 1980. Um, But uh, one of the clients I'm working with is in Denver, and so I'm going to be out there soon. So I absolutely want to get together with you. Oh, that would be fantastic. We would love to have that. And where are your offices? Our offices are located in a part just north of downtown Denver called Low High. Okay. So we're right near I-25 and uh, um, 15th Street. If you know, if you know Got the it. area, yeah, we I do. welcome. Yeah, we welcome anybody to come by. We have some big drawing boards, and we always have markers and pens on hand. And please stop by and visit us. Oh, I love it. Well, Christine, can you tell folks how to uh, reach you and to learn more about your consulting practice? Yeah, so um, you can learn more about alchemy, the art of transforming business, by visiting our website, which is uh, www.link, the number two, and then alchemy.com. You can also learn about the book and find links to either purchase the book or links to learn more about alchemy at www.pictureyourstrategy.com. And uh, <clears throat> my email is chris, C-H-R-I-S, at link to alchemy.com. Wonderful. Yeah, welcome. Well, Chris, thank you comments. so so much for your time today. And you know, the the book just has so much richness. And and again, uh, I I have only made it through about half in actually reading 
the book, but uh, I can tell you that just the power of of the pictures uh, just grabbed me right away. And, uh, you know, it tells a, a very, very clear story. Uh, and then going back and reading the words is just a bonus. <laughs> Oh well, you know, I do feel like we um we are soul sisters, definitely. So when you come to Denver, we'll have to have an opportunity to uh do some drawing together and uh, Oh, I would city. love that. Yeah. And I'll uh, so tell much. you what, I think you could you could also have a business of of allowing people to subscribe to your individual graphics to use uh in in um in their own planning sessions of of being able to use them as clip art. Uh, into putting together a framework for a meeting. I think that that would be amazingly powerful. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you for that suggestion. Yeah, we definitely, and we customize templates like that for people too. So if people are interested in some of that imagery and how you can apply it in your own business, I, I really welcome your inquiries and questions again at uh, you know link, uh, the number two, um, alchemy.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, I have so enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I, I will definitely be out in Denver uh, sometime in June. So we will uh, we'll put our schedules together and see Perfect. if we can't make something work. Yeah, thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you, and I feel that there's, uh, you know, you have a great understanding of what we're trying to accomplish here, and I, and I am so grateful for your... Well, like I said, you know, here yeah. here I am. I, I'm uh, 18 years into my consulting career, but I really have, have mentally retired from that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I'm, I'm in the midst of a couple of other business launches, and, uh, you know, I do pick a couple of pet projects where I invest my time Mm-hmm. Uh, on an equity basis and helping companies get to their next level. So uh would love to explore doing some of that with you because uh, it's, it's a very interesting business model that uh, works very well, uh, you know, for the long term, especially if you believe in what you do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank well, you so excellent. much. Well, I want to just thank those who have been listening to us today. And uh, next Friday, uh, which is uh, the 31st of May, we have uh, just a, another great show for, for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about Brand About, Rocking Your Brand with Andrea, um, I believe it's Cyberson. Um, there's an A in the middle of that. So uh, I'm an, I generally have the opportunity to talk to the author first, but I haven't spoken to her. But uh, we're talking about brain food for busy marketers and merchants. I love that. <laughs> so, again, thanks. Uh, to everyone who uh, was listening and and, uh, we hope to see you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.